Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast, post-All-Star break 2020, a surprisingly good All-Star break. Very fun. I, like, I feel like most of the events were very entertaining. The game itself, a uh, pleasant surprise, and to break it all down and talk about some other storylines that have surfaced over the last couple of days. Joining me, as always, co-host PJ. What's going on, dude? Of course, we will be weighing in, like all the rest of the sports world, on the Astros cheating scandal. Should they be being hit by baseballs? Did you know what Mike Trout's voice sounded like before this controversy? And plenty, plenty more. Well, LeBron weighed in. Of so course. Like, so we must. Of course. I feel like it's it's only it's only fair. It's only it only makes sense that we would be weighing in on the whole thing. Big big time baseball expert LeBron James weighs in on cheating in baseball. Do you think that LeBron could be in the major leagues if you gave him like a year to dedicate himself towards it? No. I don't think so either. That would probably be the one sport. I don't think LeBron could just walk out and uh, actually be really dope at. It'd be really fun to watch him play, though. Like, just center field. <laughs> like, I'm just envisioning him, like, pitching. He would just be the most giant human that has played baseball. I'm sure I'm, I, someone's, you know, could correct. You know, someone could certainly point out someone that's probably been 6'10 that's played in the major leagues, but... I I would like to see LeBron. I I, w- I would pay to go see it, but um, yeah, the handball I, LeBron I really, thing that Jay Cutler kind of started when he was on part of my take. Uh, that part, if you get LeBron, Jay Cutler, and any other pro athlete from America, probably get the gold. Pl- doing what? Playing handball? Yeah. Is Jay Cutler good at handball? No, he was on part of my take and just had said that he uh, just that he thinks he could go on to the U.S. national team's handball team, and just because of how hard he can throw and stuff, he's like, I think I like we would be able to smoke any other country. <laughs> and I, I agree. Obliterated to that actually. Well, I, you're a little bit biased in this, but I actually think that's not totally unreasonable. But I'm also no. I don't think you. I played handball. I did play handball in like high school gym sometimes. Same. Can't throw as hard. You give yeah, Jake Cutler, LeBron James, and name your other like, whoever else. Like you, maybe even you could be on that team with them and probably do well. I feel like we're at least meddling if it's Jake Cutler, LeBron, and me. (laughs) I feel like a lot of Americans would feel that way. I'd be worried about you with the lateral movement in your knee. I've been doing all right, man. I know, but I'm just saying. It seems a little premature to like throw you into an Olympic sport, is all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, probably at this point, sure. But by 2024, LeBron, Jay Culler, and I, will any of us will have anything better than win the gold for the U.S. of A., of course. I would love to see it. I, I think you should start training for it now. But let's um, <laughs> let's talk about 
how All-Star ended up shaking out. So, um, I don't know if there's any need to talk about... I don't think there's any need to talk about the skills challenge, um, although I was surprised that Bam ended up winning it. Um, Although, I, I think it's fun having the... I think it's fun having the having big guys win it most years, but um, yeah, Duncan Robinson couldn't help complete the sweep of the skills for the the Heat for Heat Nation. Yeah, that was too bad. <sighs> uh, I didn't watch any of the skills. I kind of like watched some of the next day, um, fast forwarded through it, but. Is this tweet that you just sent me what you were laughing at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to include the link when I post this later so people can... Oh. <laughs> uh, I know it's not. It's probably not very entertaining listening to people laugh at About things a tweet. you cannot see, but, you know, sometimes... I can do my best not, to describe it. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary. I really don't. I think that I can include that when I post this tonight. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a <laughs> tweet reads: How Boogie Cousins returning to save the Lakers in the playoffs? And it's just a what appears to be a old woman in a wheelchair being launched. In, not an actual woman. It's clearly like a. From like the 80s or 70s, probably an 80s movie of a dummy of a uh, old of a, a prop old woman in a wheelchair being launched into an office building glass and just shattering. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Yeah. I I want right. I shouldn't. I want to know how close I am to how this came to be and how how you came across this because I'm guessing that you were looking on your Twitter feed. And then you saw that tweet, and you saw the video, and then you're like, thought it looked funny, but you knew that you weren't supposed to play it on a pod. But then you clicked into it anyway, <laughs> and then it came through the audio for a second, <laughs> and then you muted it. But then it was so funny, you started laughing on as we were recording. Is that pretty close? Not entirely, because I saw it, and I was laughing at it. But like, and then I just, it was replaying and I was like starting to, I was trying not to audibly laugh. And then from that, my body kind of tensed up and I accidentally, like my finger went down and like <laughs> now on Twitter, like you can like press down on images and, or videos and they just like, will pull, like you don't have to click completely. Yep. 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 Um, but I was doing that, the tweet, I don't know how I was like, saw something about like more about the beeline stuff which we'll get to and um i just it kind of was like in a thread with like not my actual feed even and that happened and i was (laughs) just kind of convulsing laughing and it's really funny it shouldn't be but it It was uh it is funny that that's really something anyway dunk contest I, you know, do you think Aaron Gordon got robbed? I do. I think you should have won it. I thought that his dunks in general were more creative and better. His side backboard one was really good. That was one of the coolest dunks I've I've seen in a hot minute. Like that, I thought that, that was 
I thought that was really nice. It was definitely not as impressive. His, you know, he's just had a really tough time. Like, losing to Zach Levine like he did and what was maybe, like, the best, one of the best, his top, like, three best dunk contests ever, uh, losing there and then losing again here where he's pr- he's been pretty flawless, like... It's I. I mean, he's he's been pretty incredible. So it, I yeah. thought he deserved to win. Uh, I'm not going to rehash all the Taco Fall stuff. Even if you remove that, like I just thought that he deserved to win it prior to that. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I tune in for that. Not really so much to see a winner. I tune in just to be entertained, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, Pat Pat Connaughton, my guy, got robbed a little bit. It, not robbed in that he deserved to get to the finals or anything. But that is a tough – that is a, a tough – I thought that his, his dunks were good. Like he, he jumped over Giannis. He had some creativity with uh, white men can't jump stuff. I thought that he he did a good job. Um, he was just battling two dudes that are two of the better dunkers that we've seen in the last decade, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh... – <laughs> All I would say on the uh, the topic was that um, I had been hyping up Pat Connington. It was probably the first time I've had, I was like I. It was just some mutual friends. It was some like a couple contexts where people made like slight Pat Connington jokes, and I felt um, very like in an odd place for the first time in my life to be really like, no, no, no. This is a really good. He's like I'm like he, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, I was validated. I mean, he definitely was. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, mystery or like, yeah, really had a, a chance at winning it all. But, like, I think if you just saw a picture of Pat Connington and then proceeded to see his dunks, like, I feel like for many average sports fans or people, like, tuning in, the fir- this is the first time they're really getting any Pat Connington exposure in their life. We're probably pleasantly surprised, and maybe a few were a little too enthusiastic about his performance. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the white man dunk stuff was was cool. Um, but mainly, what I wanted to say and congratulate Derek Jones on doing was joining an illustrious list of some uh, other names, such as uh, Gerald Green, uh, Jeremy Evans. Glenn Robinson the third, and uh, I don't know how to say his first name of Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder. As far as um, guys that no one ever heard of before this, and, and realizing they're really good dunkers, and these are dudes that are. Um, I mean, I feel like if you watch League Pass, <laughs> you know who Derek Jones is. Like he's not completely the. Jeremy Evans or Dialu class of dunk champions where it's like this guy's not even playing um, but a lot of people for the first time realize that the Heat had a guy named Derek Jones Jr. on their team and that he can do a lot of dope dunks yeah he's actually he gets decent minutes for them and he's pretty good like he can do some other stuff no, I'm I'm not like I'm not personally like but he is still of that class of like I would even say, like, people who watch a decent amount of basketball. I don't think a lot of people were, like, going to this thinking, having heard of 
Derek Jones Jr. I feel, I mean, I, I will say this, of like, those are, like, Derek Jones Jr., very good in-game dunker, too. Like, he... Oh, yeah. He has some very good just in-game dunks type stuff, but, um... I, yeah, I think you'd have to be, like, at a league pass level of watching, of consuming NBA basketball to really, like, know who Derek Jones Jr. was, like, coming into that skills competition. Right. It but was, like, about- it was Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and then two other dudes for most people. <laughs> a, a current really good dunker on the Magic, a former really good dunker on the Magic, and then two other people. No, you're right. Um, let's talk about the game, though. So, new format. Reset the score after every quarter. Then they add 24. They, like, actually, s- like, sum up the scores going into the fourth. Add 24 to it. That's the point total that you're getting to. Giannis and his squad up about 10 going into the fourth. Um, and then the fourth quarter was a completely different game. Like, both teams... Uh, it seemed like it was a legitimate NBA basketball game where, like, it just, like, increasingly got more intense throughout. I thought, I don't know, like, everyone has thrown a ton of positive feedback towards the rule changes, but I, like, I think it was two years ago that we had a really close finish with LeBron versus Steph's team. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, the guys picking their teams or if it is this new quarter by quarter resetting things i don't know what it is but like it it i i'm very pro like the nba should continue to like kind of switch this up and keep the all-star game interesting um but all in all it was it was a really entertaining game uh guys that kind of stood out for me um I mean, Giannis is just, like, kind of a different animal. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, all borderline unfair. Uh, Chris Paul played surprisingly well in the game, I thought. and his Chris dunk Paul had was, a very good all-star game. His, his dunk was pretty wild. I, like, I know that Chris Paul can dunk, has dunked, does dunk in games mm. occasionally, but, like, mm. the alley-oop that he got from Russ and the reaction afterwards was, like, pretty cool to see, actually. Um, I, thought I don't believe you. I don't. If you were playing a game of two K and someone threw an alley oop to Chris Paul and he dunked it, you'd be pissed. That is true. If it was going, if I was playing against that guy. Yeah, and if you were playing I, as Chris Paul in two K and he did that, you just don't say anything. And you're just like, mm, this is what the game did. No one actually thought Chris Paul could do that. I didn't think he could do that. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying that I could. I thought that he could. He could finish an alley oop like that, and it did not. It didn't even look like him. Like, because the way that that play happened is that they kind of cut to it kind of late. So it was yeah. just at the very because no one second, was expecting Chris Paul to get an alley oop. At the very last second, you saw from like a behind the backboard angle that like it's this it's this dude that's clearly a little bit shorter just like really getting up and like throwing it down it's like holy shit that was that was chris paul but i thought devin booker like not not that like like giving shit to dudes that are in the all-star game really means anything but i devin booker i thought was really really bad (laughs) i thought he was terrible yeah Uh, after all his bitching about not being on it yeah like his his he had a really awesome tip dunk that 
was really cool, but he missed like a few layups and was bricking threes pretty frequently on wide open looks. So I was hoping to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, but you know, Kawhi gets the MVP, uh, which is named after Kobe, which it should be. And that was really cool. Um, also thought it was hilarious that Kawhi like immediately took off. Did you see the Gatorade thing? Yeah, did not compute with his endorsement program. <laughs> not sponsored by Gatorade. And yeah, no, <laughs> is he free, sponsored by no Body free Armor? Client. By what? Body Armor? Is that what's going on? Or is he just not sponsored by any sports drink? It's not sponsored by Gatorade. I know that much. Uh, that <laughs> seriously, but Gatorade got to change that. I'm rambling, PJ. What what did you think of the game and how it was reformatted? I mean, I thought the first like at least first half was pretty much your standard operating procedure of quarters. I mean, sure, there was the change in the score, whatever, but um, I didn't really see much different of how like that part of the game was played versus the last, you know, ten All Star games, eight, you know, whatever the case may be. Um. I thought it was kind of interesting at the end of the third quarter. It seemed like, I mean, they were actually drawing up some plays, and, like, there was some, since it was, like, a tied, or like, close score for the third quarter of, like, both teams trying to win. So, like, their team their team charity would, uh, um, you know, win that quarter, and they end up tying that quarter, so it all gets pushed in the fourth quarter. So I think that helped with the stakes, but... Um, I mean, the format of the capping the points, like, yeah, everyone has pretty much said. I mean, it was a very good, like, good decision. Cool to honor Kobe that way. I don't know if it would be 24 points every time, like, they, you know, tack on to the leading team score after the third or, like, how they structure that. But that target score, I thought, was um, was cool and a way to do the fourth. I mean, I think I heard, like, um, I think Rusillo said it. it was it was like ended up the game because it was no commercials, so that was sweet. But I think he said it was like forty two total minutes the whole thing, um, which is a long long period of time. I thought it felt a lot shorter, but then like looking back, I mean it was a considerable chunk of time. Um, so you had that part of it, but I mean I think it was cool. I mean it was like actually intense. It was fun. I mean. You did have a lot of legitimate, like, two things that I, like, I enjoyed was there was a lot of cool LeBron, Giannis one-on-one moments of them kind of challenging each other, and two, like... It was very real. Yeah. Well, that part was real, and also real, that like, I think throughout this weekend we can confirm, like, the beef of Giannis beating James Harden for MVP last year, like, that goes both ways. Like, Giannis is not a fan of James Harden. <laughs> um... And, like, there's a lot of, like, James Harden shade from Giannis, too. And Giannis had some uh, James Harden hate he revealed this weekend. Uh, I didn't see what what Harden said about Giannis. Well, no, it was more like the beginning. Like, Daryl Morey and Harden were just saying, like, they thought Harden had a better season, like, should have been the MVP. And it was, like, just, like, the normal Rocket stuff. But I think Giannis took offense to it. Um and has been holding a personal grudge ever since, which I hope he continues to hold. Um, and it's a good thing the Rockets will never have to worry about meeting Giannis in a final. So, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean the See, overall like big, I mean big signings today. 
Um, I think, yeah, like the format that worked, I think um, the most nerdy basketball thing I, I really, of any opinion, thought I ever have is that anytime I see those summer runs and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I would love to just watch all these, like, guys play in a more of a pickup format and just see how they play and how they act. Um, and I think that format kind of gave me that in a, in a, that it scratched that itch, um, in one way or another. And it was, um, it was cool. I don't know if like every year you'll get the same effort or if like one team just takes a big lead and just storms away with it in the fourth, like you probably won't, but if they find ways to keep it close and just, you know, generate some of that, I, it definitely makes that event worthwhile to watch. Like as just a no, nothing else on Sunday nights, like enjoyable, like whole overall event. That was cool. Um, yeah. The only other real like all-star thought I had was like the common uh, kind of Chicago thing, just all the insert, all the Chicago bias I thought was pretty cool. Um, minus him trying to like do the rap thing to introduce everyone, but like the actual Chicago tribute portion of the um intro is super cool. I think for a lot of people living in Chicago, like Chicago's like fans and, and all that component, I think was a huge hit. And I think the city, despite freezing cold weather and snowstorms did an all right job hosting an all-star game yeah dude i i i'm jealous that you got to kind of be a part of it i don't think nor should it ever be in minneapolis no nope uh we we have rehashed this before but having sporting events in the midwest anytime between december and february really december and march is very questionable but also, you you sh- at least you you got to go to a place that has, I think it should be at a place that is has deep basketball roots. Chicago has that. It's cool that that they did that, and you got to go to the Woj Pod with Pat Bev, and I listened to that. Got to hear him talk all kinds of shit about Cat. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I knew that you had to have been giggling while that was going on, but um, he was yeah. Yeah, Pepe I mean, is lo- always like that. It's always about that life. I really res- I thought that that podcast actually was really fun to listen to, though. Um, because, I mean, I think that you can... Pat probably deserves some criticism just for being, like, really over the top and ridiculous with how he approaches some things. Like, how he kind of went against KD last year. Um and I, I don't mean this as like a criticism of the intensity br- that he brings or him being very defensive oriented player, but it's like, I don't think that you have to be like on everyone's ass 24 seven, like never turn, like never flipping that switch off. And, but that's just the way he's wired. And, I'd much rather have some guys like that that make the league a little more interesting and less like buddy buddy, which Van Mia gets criticized for being. And it, it's cool to have guys like him that are just like, this is their life. They treat, yeah. they approach this like this is, you know, this is how I'm putting bread on the table. 
this is how like i'm betting on myself i bet on myself and it actually like it's actually very very cool that he essentially paid to get bought out of his uh overseas contract to have a chance in the league and then he got rewarded for it finally like his deal his deal with houston was incredibly cheap um and he he was probably in the green by the time he was out of that but it wasn't until he got extended with the Clippers that he was like, you know, really making some real money. So good no. for him. And I mean, when he like, said he was like a million dollars in the hole just to get to play, like get, make an NBA rod, I was like, oh, I did not realize that. Um, that was probably the most shocking thing during that. But no, dude, I mean, he's, he, I think he's like one of those guys that, I mean, I think he's 100% like, an, that's just authentically the kind of dude and how he's wired. And I think he's like very much similar to uh, oh, certain football players you see. You know, like there's just certain dudes who are like wired that way, where they're they're just that guy 100 percent of the time. And just like for them to be effective and like for him to make it, like if he's not that intense always and with everything, like I don't think you get the. It's like Dream. I mean, Draymond's the same way. Like it's. You can't get a watered-down version of that guy. Otherwise, they're not the player, the most effective version of themselves as a player, too. Yeah, I agree. But, but it was yeah. cool. It was interesting. Uh, like, that that combination of people, like <laughs> Jackie Mack, Ryan Rosillo, and, and Pat Bev on, on the stage at one time, I thought was really funny. Yeah, Rosillo... Rosilla walked by us, and I can confirm his arms are very big. He was wearing a suit jacket, and you could see his. Eh. I was mad. I wanted to try to catch him, and like had a couple. Uh, he does all those like gym, gym characters or like gym etiquette questions and stuff on the Simmons pod or whatever he does wherever he does them. But I had a couple I wanted to run by him, didn't get a chance to. Yeah, you've you've put enough time in that I'm sure that you've had some very questionable stuff going on. Mm. I did get a shake Woj's hand at the end after exiting, so that's cool. No, I get the. Uh, I wasn't gonna interact with him, and then he was kind of standing by the door. And then as we were leaving, uh, friends I was with like said something to him, and then in my mind, all I was saying was like, "Oh, fine. I gotta say hi to Woj now." Um, and all in my head, I was just like, don't say Woj Bomb, don't say Woj Bomb, don't say Woj Bomb, don't say Woj Bomb. So I was like, oh, you know, great show. Thanks. Whoa, bye, bye. <laughs> like, I almost said it. <laughs> said like Woj Damn. and then muttered something and then just went on my way. Very smooth. Well, yeah. I'm still, that's cool that you got to meet him and see that. But um, let's rattle through some of the signings yeah. that we've had a couple uh, over the last day or so. so the buyout market is underway yes very exciting we're gonna spend at least half an hour on this no Uh, we're not because you know why (laughs) ultra because i've learned a fun fact that i wanted to share just for this do you know the last nba player that was on a team that on a playoff team that came on that team from the buyout market that last played 100 minutes or more for a playoff team there's a cleaner way i could have presented that question do I know the Let's last Let's try it again. Player? The last player to have recorded 100-plus minutes for a playoff team after joining that team through the buyout market. 
Could you tell me what year? No. I could, but I don't want to. Because <laughs> uh, it adds to some of the shockingness of the stat. I don't. I don't know who it would be. The name would be Peja Stojakovic from 2011 on the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. Now, I would have one criticism of that is that, you know, to be a buyout market player, there's probably a few buyout market players who had decent roles on teams but just did not make it far enough in the playoffs. So, I mean, I think part of that of logging at least 100 minutes in the playoffs, you do have to make it far enough into the playoffs to have the opportunity to log that many minutes. But when you're looking at the significance of some of these, I mean, we do definitely make a ton of you know big deals about some of this, but I just thought that was kind of funny when you put into context that Peja Stojakovic was like at the end of his career too when that happened. That's wild, actually. I yeah, he that is a guy that would be really fun to watch in today's game. Like I, just modern stretch four type of dude. I feel like he would average you, like nine threes a game if he played today. It's Bogdanovich. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, he is. He was. Peja was taller though, right? Uh, I think he. Would, I think he's like six eight. I think he's like about Bogdanovich creation. I don't know. Six nine. Six, nine. six nine. Yeah. Isn't that what Bogdanovich is? That was. Is Bogdanovich like more six six? Yeah. Mm. Yep. But nonetheless. Um, nonetheless. So there's your fun fact. Jeff, um, Jeff Green and Damari Carroll are going to the Rockets. Um, Jeff Green with the Jazz. Damari Carroll agreeing to a buyout with the Spurs. Uh, don't think it necessarily moves the needle for them a ton, but the Rockets have a, a very impressive amount of wings. Um between acquiring Covington and they've got uh, they've got House uh, like they they've got plus adding these two they they're really leaning into this they've got a few centers on the roster still but like they really are just gonna run is Jeffrey have, just gonna be miss like a biomarker player now for like another two three years. I mean, keep getting those checks, Jeff. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm like one, but like he just. I yeah. if you would ask me three years ago if I thought he'd be in the league still, it, is it more likely that Jeff Green is playing the big three or the league? I would have told you big three, one hundred percent. I definitely, if you said, all right, twenty twenty, who's getting a buyout, Joe Johnson or Jeff Green? I would have said Joe Johnson and Harpy. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> Jeff Green. Playing for the Rockets. That's a that's a reckless statement you just made. Really? I mean uh, I'm not defending Jeff Green, I'm just saying that you thought Joe Johnson would still be in. I mean Joe Johnson wow. was MVP of the Big Three last year. He, he hit was. He two was. years ago hit a buzzer beater in the playoffs for the Jazz. Like and he was on the the Pistons training camp roster. I I know, man. It's still wild to me, but um, it is. 
And then uh, Reggie Jackson going to the Clippers got by up by the Pistons. I was very surprised by that one. Um, my personally, only my only opinion on that is Lakers are still better. I think it means less than we think it does. Like, Reggie Jackson is trash, and anyone that tells you differently is trying to sell you lies. Like when you have a healthy Pat Beverly, and you have Lou Williams, what is Reggie Jackson doing? Thinks he's better than both and isn't actually. Well, you know, I think that having some depth at that position is is a good thing. Yeah, well, um, I mean, getting some playmaking between, uh, you know, Kawhi and. Paul George are going to get to rest over the last third or so of the season. And having a guy that can handle the ball, especially as uh, Pat Beverly has been dealing with injury issues off and on all year. Um, having a guy like like Reggie to provide some scoring, some playmaking, it is good. But I don't think he's going to be the next page and be – Putting no. out minutes in the playoffs. I don't see that happening. Well, I mean, what a lot of this is with like some of these teams, though. It's like you've they've the biomarkets become a, a a very important portion of it, just from the standpoint of like, well, you don't have much flexibility to like add some of these like veteran dudes, you know, th- for the entire year. But once they that this portion, like, it's a pretty low cost risk, and if you're in any way have eyes on contending for a championship, it's like pretty frowned upon if you're not adding anyone, if they're out there just to like, yeah, for that, if they're up for the role of just being there for additional depth. Um, but I just thought it was perfect that Reggie Jackson joined the Clippers. So I could just really, you know, now that Darren Collison isn't coming back, but just like, oh, Reggie Jackson's who the Clippers at, I can just really root against them now for the playoffs. Hashtag not Lakers like, better. Not like you needed any additional motivation there, but it doesn't hurt. No, actively hurt. hate the Clippers. I'm just like... No, but... Want to see LeBron win more than them this year. <laughs> Next year might be different, though. Yeah, if LeBron wins, if won this year, yeah, we can talk about it. <laughs> you're open. You're you're open. You're you're not closed-minded. No, just not this year. Just not this year. I'm closed-minded uh, this year. John Beeline, shockingly, not meshing well with the Cleveland, Cav- <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers, reportedly in advance talks to be bought out of his contract. No, it is now official. He is. Done as the Cavs coach. Oh, as of forty-eight minutes ago, via your friend uh, Woj. Yeah, there you go. It's like uh, with Harry Potter and Voldemort. I have a Woj left a Horcrux in my hand when I shook it, so now I can feel his internal thoughts. Wow, you don't even need Twitter, but you were on Twitter. We yeah, know this. I we know. covered this already. <laughs> but. You stop what, calling Woj, though. You just you just go. Yeah, what, what can I say, man? John Beeline, two things of note of his Cavs tenure. Well, I guess three actually. One, to re- be reminded midway through this season, when first reports came up that the players weren't happy with how he was running things and they were he was treating them like college players. Um, 
that moment when I was reminded that John Beeline, yes, was named the Cavs head coach this year. Um, and I forgot about that. The second reminder being a few days ago when the story broke that, yes, things were still going in a negative direction and that John Beeline may not be the coach once the team returned. And if he was, might not make it past the season. Um, and then three, today, to find out he was planning to walk away from his guaranteed money for the remaining years of his contract was shocking. Um, but you know what the least shocking thing of all the, this this story was, Ultra? What's that? Is that J.B. Bickerstaff was named the interim head coach because, Ultra, I contend J.B. Bickerstaff might be on the Mount Rushmore of NBA interim head coach Hall of Fame. He is in the Mount Rushmore of NBA interim head coaches now. I do feel like he's very experienced. Listen, I'm upset that the Bulls decided to go into this season with Jim Boylan as their coach, and J.B. Bickerstaff was not the assistant head coach. Not only because, and that's why Jim Boylan's job is safe this year, is because they don't have interim head coach expert J.B. Bickerstaff. And may I say that if we're talking about interim head coaches, there was a famous interim head coach just this year that found himself named champion of his sport. That former interim head coach specialist was Ed Ogeron of the LSU Tigers. Uh, so J.B. Biggerstaff might still have hope. You know what? He'll probably end up... J.B. Biggerstaff should be the coach to lead the Knicks to a championship. That would be the true and sweet, sweet reality of life. But I don't think J.B. Biggerstaff likes being a head coach much. As he said in press stops, like when he was named the Memphis head coach, he's much better as an interim, never an actual head coach. And that is probably way more J.B. Biggerstaff talk than you thought you were going to get tonight, but time to keep it on your toes, baby. Just like J.B. Biggerstaff has to be always on his toes. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, I really don't know what to say about the bigger staff stuff, but Jim <laughs> or uh, Beeline leaving was about as. I mean, we had been hearing about this over the last couple of weeks that things weren't going well there. You kind of you had some writing on the wall with the whole when the whole thug comments that he made went down. Uh, <laughs> I the, the second that they hired him, I was like equally perplexed as to why he would want to leave Michigan a, a team that he's taken to the, the final four several times and won several or one national championship, two national championships. I think just one. Um, no, he went to two. He's went to two. He or went three to final two. Four. I think he yeah. won one. Uh, and this is, uh, oh. this is not a call, not a college basketball podcast here, guys, as you can tell, but, uh, and as to why, why the cast would want him with, um, with a team that they have, with a guy that has really no experience, it's a little bit older, like, makes no sense, whatever. He's moving on. What the Cavs do, it's a complete mystery. Maybe they'll go after your boy Fred, get him back in the league. Who knows? Lord knows Nebraska's not treating Fred very well right now. But Hey, it's year of, one of the program, man. What He's got to build it from the ground floor. Speaking of Fred, the Bulls, uh, might actually make some front office changes. Here is uh, your platform to say whatever you would like to about that, PJ. 
Well, they actually might. Well, they're not actually going to fire Gar Pax or John Paxson. <laughs> Gar Paxson. They're not going to fire Gar Foreman or, or John Paxson. <laughs> they just might be hiring a new GM to add one more voice to this. They're not going to clear out any names because that just would make too much sense. They're just going to demote Gar to being a head scout and John Paxson to some elevated basketball president role that he had previously taken but had to go into this more active role because Gar was incompetent. I think someone should be fired, and I think more than one person should be fired, um, including hopefully Jim Boylan, who is uh, pretty much, cannot argue at this point, a worse coach than Fred Hoiberg was. Whatever you want to say about Fred's tenure as the Bulls, essentially they fired Fred and hired a worse coach because every single player, except for Zach Levine's, like, Second half, you know, probably since 2020 started, Zach Levine has a great stretch of games, but every other single player that was core of this rebuild has pretty much taken a step back. Most of it because of Jim Boylan specifically. So, I don't really have much to say. I just make it happen. They should actually fire them. They, they're still part of the organization. That's a sham. Um, like, it doesn't feel satisfactory that we've had this kind of stretch here and that no one actually loses their job and is held accountable even though they love talking about that as all i mean i think the all-star game being here and the bulls being pretty vastly underrepresented outside of hosting it and you know essentially their presence was showing all the former players on their team uh not a great look for the organization Well, I hope that they make some changes for your own sanity, and I'm happy for you. I'm super You've got sane. To be excited. I'm super sane. On. Um. <laughs> now we have the main, real, real two, two last things. I think probably the most important things we're talking about tonight, other than JB Bickerstaff as the king of interim head coaches. Yeah. So probably you know. <laughs> I guess we do have one other NBA thing to talk about after this. But Two. we do we got to talk about the fact that Ben Affleck is making a, she's making a basketball movie. Evidently Ben Affleck's playing a basketball coach. And I all I why I put this on there is all I wanted to have to say is that I don't know if I could think of three other actors who I th- would pick as less believable basketball coaches than Ben Affleck. It's not great. Um, now Daniel Day Lewis comes to mind, um, and uh, maybe no, can't even. I was gonna say George Clooney, but I could be convinced George Clooney is a basketball coach. Um, hmm. Hmm. You got any names? I mean, maybe Matt Damon. As, it's got to be Ben Affleck, would, Matt Damon. <laughs> as far as who would be not believable as a basketball yeah. coach? I mean, sure, there are more ridiculous ones. Like, I'm pretty sure if you put Pee Wee Herman as like a serious, dra- dramatic basketball coach, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to believe that. Well, I'm uh, saying playing to the type of. Like, Ben Affleck's just playing a dramatic role, but I'm saying, like, as a basketball. I, I would believe he Pee Wee Herman could be the head basketball coach of the Glo- the Globetrotters. I okay, fair enough. But no, this caught me off guard. 
I I don't want to I don't want to shit on it too much. I, my mind immediately went to like this looks like some Coach Carter bullshit. But it looks like it's a rip off of Coach Carter. Yeah, but it's really I think. But Ben Affleck's a drunk. Yeah, it's being used more as a metaphor of or like representation of Ben Affleck's actual life, which is actually a little sad. So I actually hope that the movie's good, and I probably will see it at some point. Why does he have to be a basketball coach? Was yeah, good question. Very, 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 very surprised to see that this is the outlet in which he is choosing to try to like talk about his alcoholism. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why couldn't he have been an accountant? Oh, he already did that movie. Um, did. Yeah. I don't know. I'll make I'll make the jokes about it. <laughs> My guys had a had a rough stretch. I've I'd never saw him as Batman in anything. I don't know if that was any good. He's fine. I w- I would have I was up for a solo Ben Affleck Batman project. Was not up for the alcoholic basically the coach carter mighty ducks comes together to give you ben affleck as a recovering alcoholic basketball coach high school basketball coach nope i wasn't quite ready for that one. didn't ask for it don't believe it but here it is so if anyone sees it let us know if we should go watch it maybe we do a review of it maybe we just dedicate uh, an episode to just reviewing this movie before we move on to um, shout outs. I'm sure that you'd like to talk about Andrew Wiggins a little bit. Oh, big update here on the Team Wiggins front. Um, if you haven't listened to the latest Bill Simmons pod, since you're almost done with our podcast, you can go ahead and listen to it. But I'll just spoil the best part so you don't have to worry about it. Just come here and we'll tell you everything about it. Um, on Bill Simmons pod, it's already begun, Ultra. It's already begun. It's beautiful. Bill Simmons already talking about how the Warriors won the Wiggins trade, how Wiggins uh, is a great fit on the Warriors, and how the Warriors are going to be able to flip him. And maybe one of the first, maybe they need to throw the second first-round pick in there, but flip those and get a legitimate you know, fourth player to add to the team because Wiggins is going to just take off and redeem his stock value. So he's immediately going to go from being one of the most untradable players to one of the most tradable assets simply overnight from being touched by the Warriors. It's already begun. So I know that you're... I mean, Simmons deserves some shit for saying this. Well, Rosillo, to Rosillo's credit, immediately was just like, had made that one point that I was like thinking, but it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's already begun. Those two are not like... It seems to be the general consensus to like very positive for the Warriors and tell you what if Andrew Wiggins like is able to fit and mesh perfectly with their three superstars yeah they they probably will be able to flip him for something else here's but <laughs> because of all this all I could think about here's my new prediction teams Wiggins new projected outcome is that if Andrew Wiggins is traded from the Warriors I'm not saying it will be a direct one-for-one. I'm assuming it's going to be a three-team involvement. But if the Warriors move Andrew Wiggins, the Charlotte Bobcats, I mean, Charlotte Hornets are going to somehow be involved in that trade, and they will end up with Andrew Wiggins. I, the only reason I disagree is because I feel like they, if they were interested in Wiggins, the trade would have already happened. Um, 
But then again, I think that might have been the team that they had lined up for a trade last summer if the D'Angelo Russell thing would have ended up panning out. So who knows? But The Charlotte Bobcats will be involved in an Andrew Wiggins trade. To I want odds now. Vegas, give them to me. Find it. Uh, I, did I say Bobcats is, again? Yeah, you did. Fuck! The, the narrative is annoying to me just because we're... In general, those that closely follow the NBA is collectively just very short-sighted on all this stuff. So short-sighted. I, I mean, it. I love it. I I mean, it's fun and it, it's it's fun to talk about. But at the end of the day, Andrew Wiggins is still a top five overpaid player in the NBA, and he is young and has shown flashes and is still. I think 18th in the NBA in scoring. So it's not like he does not present upside, but to act like the Warriors are just like, oh man, they're just kicking ass. Like they are going to be able to flip him. No problem. It's really not that simple. Like making the contracts work with him is going to be tough and trying to flip him to like the wizards for Beal plus assets. I just don't see happening. I don't know why you would do that if you're the wizards. I don't know why most teams would want to take a contract like that unless you're bringing him in as like the third best player on your team, which is we're talking about like five possible teams. And when you're talking about the five possible teams that would want him as their third option, we're talking about maybe one or two that could actually make the contracts work and most likely wouldn't want to. So I, that's just ridiculous. No, me. man. But. It's, it's, it's beautiful. You don't have to play – even make it to 10 games in a Warriors uniform. We're already planning on his obvious trade to, to spark the second you know, era of the Warriors dynasty. Well, congratulations, Golden State. What shout-outs you got, Peach? Uh So we do have a This Week in the Internet quickly. Actually, oh. it's an overall theme here. Airplanes Ultra, the first. Did you see the mini service horse? The dressed up one. Yeah, it looked like a looked like it was from Kick Ass. That one. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Oh, yeah, shout out to Jason Concepcion for that tweet about that. Um, so you saw that? Did you uh, did you see the big big other internet thing was on just seat reclining? Because uh, there was a video of an old woman that had reclined her seat back into a larger American who was in the last aisle row, so he was unable to recline his seat and was proceeding to just punch the back of the seat. I did see it. Yeah, so what's your thoughts on reclining seats? I person I recline all the time. You people and people in front of me recline all the time. I typically like if the person in front of me reclines, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna recline. Like I refuse to recline, and if I am reclining, if someone's reclining into me, I don't care if it's the Pope himself, I wish nothing but the worst to them. Really? And I won't recline out of a stubborn principle that I will not do the unforsaken thing that that person has done to me, but I won't necessarily punch them, but I will try to dig my knees back into them. And if they ever turn around, they will be met with a death stare that will hopefully remove their souls from their body and they can join me as a soulless member of society. I didn't think this was even 
all that controversial, to be honest. To recline your seat back? Yeah, I I see this every single flight I have been on that I can remember. A majority of the people are, are reclining their seat. And they're all like, bastards. A vast majority of people. But if, if everyone reclines, I understand that if you're in the back and you cannot recline, you're in a tough spot. But if everyone reclines, like, you're good. <laughs> so, last <laughs> part of this. The CEO of Delta, oh, thank you so much, kind sir, had said that he thinks the policy should be you should ask the person behind you if it's okay to recline before reclining, which I say. Why don't you just, A, make the option that no one can recline, or B, give everyone enough room on your planes to let them recline, and then we're all happy instead of just shoving us all into tin cans. Um, You bastards. Everyone involved, if you recline your seat, you're a bastard. If you're airline, running airlines, you're bastards. Um, that is all. But, hey, great job by you, man. Good performance on the, the This Week in Ultra. You've been doing a good job being on the internet. I thought that you were saying, good job by you, man, for being an asshole and well, reclining your too. seat. <laughs> Questioning uh, everything I have ever thought of about our f- friendship at this point, but... Yeah, I just I just don't I really sit in front of me ever in a plane, man. That's all I ask. I did not think I agree with you that the biggest issue in this is like you could take one row of seats out in the plane and then you could make this like probably this two. would not really be much of a problem. If you took two out, it definitely wouldn't be much of a, of a problem. You could give everyone a few more inches of space and then even if someone was to recline, you'd have as much room as if people were just sitting straight up so like that's bigger of an, uh, too big of an issue uh agree with you there um but i just didn't i i honestly i so i'm 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 traveling later this week and i will have a decision to make when it comes to recline time or not to recline and we'll see we will, will find out we're gonna I will ask report next week how that went but i did see that um and I've been on Twitter, so thank you for the for the compliment. What shout outs you got? Uh, only shout out I have is the Harden Westbrook uh, photo shoot they did for GQ, and the only reason this is my shout out is because they did a very nice uh, reenactment of an outcast photo. But overall, all the photos in there, pretty funny, pretty good, good for them, good photo shoot. Go check them I out. thought, uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to buy that magazine. I would say 50% chance I get that at some point. But um, I thought it was, I, I thought it was really cool. But just like the the photo shoot itself. But I also thought it was, I don't, I don't even know what the right word for it would be. But I thought it was very, very funny to listen or to read Russ's comments on there should only be five guys in the NBA with shoe deals. Or like at their own signature shoe, not shoe deal, but their own signature shoe, which I was like, that's just a dig at KD, like has to be, um, because the I didn't read the whole thing, um, this was GQ, but clearly it was like, yeah, you know, James and I deserve it, uh, three other guys do, and I was just thinking like, what other three guys does he even think deserves it? Because I bet you he thinks that Steph doesn't deserve it, and I bet you he thinks. That KD doesn't deserve it. I bet he. I mean, he thinks Kawhi does. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I like. I feel like if he thinks it's only five guys and those two are one of them, it's well, LeBron. And well, I don't know who the other two even would be. Well, I feel like his argument is mainly is the idea there should only be one signature shoe brand for each brand. Like so, Nike be LeBron. He's Jordan. Adidas is James Harden. So maybe Kawhi makes it in because of Puma. It's new balance. New balance. Or New Balance, I mean, and then so Puma gets one or Converse or yeah. Well, not Converse. That's the only way no, I I'm saw. I'm just saying, it. like, oh, maybe that's true. I I guess I didn't read that mo- that much into it contextually, but or maybe Nike gets two. I guess yeah. So you get Jordan and then two signature Nike guys, and then get an Adidas and a oh, if maybe Steph counts if you count Under Armour. Yeah. When I saw well. that, that's all I thought of. But then I was like, I mean, I feel like if you are a top fifteen player in the NBA, you can have your own signature shoe. I'm inclined to agree with you, man. Um, but I honestly, I don't really have any shout outs. I guess shout out to. Uh, it seems like it. This is a really rough stretch for like from a television standpoint with NFL just ended. The only sport that's going on is is I mean if you're a hockey fan, but NBA is what we got in college basketball and college basketball this season is not very good. And this is just a tough stretch. So um this isn't really a shout out, it's more of a like a call to action, but NBA, we need something this week. Like, it, no. give the players a break, but let's I'm get good something. This is too long. I'm good with it. Catch up on some stuff. We'll be back. Yeah, it's a it's a good reset. You're feeling good. I'm feeling okay about it. All right. Well, on that note. We're going to be ready to go. We're going to be feeling good about it. We are going to be refreshed off of our, after our, our own break. Games resume on Thursday. And we'll uh, we'll come back with another episode next week. How does that sound, Peach? So, sounds awesome. Going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm equally as excited as Peach. Uh, but thank you everyone for listening. Check us out at the point forward nba gmail.com leave us a review on spotify itunes however you listen appreciate all the support